You are listening to the Aligned and Alive podcast with Chrissy May, where we discuss the various aspects of spirituality and wellness, a place where you can find guidance and a space to explore your life's meaning and purpose, allowing you to become connected, aligned, and feeling fully alive. Hi, all you beautiful souls, and welcome back. I'm Chrissy May, your host of Aligned and Alive. And today we are talking all about paradigms, vibrational frequencies, and becoming unstoppable with my very special guest, DP Gates. DP is a top coaching consultant and vice president with Proctor Gallagher Institute, which is known as PGI, which was founded by the late Bob Proctor, who passed on earlier this year, yet is still very much alive in spirit. And DP studied alongside Bob Proctor for many, many years. And so what better person to bring on to provide guidance and wisdom on these topics that are so important on stepping into and creating a life of your dreams. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome DP Gates. Hey, Chrissy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So let's just dive right in. I'd love to start with you, your personal story and you know where you started, how you got connected with Bob Proctor, what your journey looks like and where you're at currently today. Sure. It's a, it's a long journey. It's been a wild ride. I uh, I actually met him. I'm in my early forties now, but I met him when I was 19. My parents were really into personal development. So I I think I was fortunate at that point to have parents that were into that and they were thinking that way. So they were trying to at least introduce me to it and get me thinking in a different way. And so my mom took me to, at 19, she took me to a science of getting rich seminar. And that's the book that eventually inspired the movie, The Secret. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time I really heard him speak. I was just entranced. I never heard anybody talk like him. And really he had this energy that he was just transferring to the crowd. I just felt like he was talking to me. And I think maybe that's really what a great speaker does. Mm -hmm. And he said a few things there, but the one thing that the idea that was planted in my mind, and I just, I accepted it and adopted it that day. My parents weren't happy I did it, but I was happy I did it. And he said, you know, having a job is the worst way to earn money because you trade your time for money and then you run out of time. And I'd never heard anybody say that. And I said, that makes so much sense. It's so true. Like I need to bet on me and do my own thing. And so I looked at my mom and I said, you know, I'm never going to have a job. And she was like, oh God, like this totally backfired. Like my kid's going to be living with me till he's 40. And I've never had a job since, you know, I've had definitely had some lean years where I probably should have got a job in my twenties for sure, but I never have. And I'm kind of proud of that. The mis- only mistake I made was about six years go by till I was 20 five. And I had my first son on the way who's turning 17 next month, which is wild. And like I was broke, you know, I was just kind of getting by and I was frustrated because I'd been studying all this stuff, probably like a lot of people do, you know, they read the books, they watch the videos on YouTube and they think like that's some type of mentorship and it's not, you know, you're gaining knowledge, which is good, but you're not really ingraining it into your subconscious, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. So I had this chance meeting with Bob at an airport at 25 and it was incredible. Like, in my opinion, his legacy was the most generous human being I ever met. And he just always would give. 
he never asked for anything in return. And I think he knew the law of reciprocity, which is just, you know, the first law of receiving is giving. And he would just give, give, give. And he spent two hours with me and he was saying all this stuff I'd heard before because I had read like the cliche books, like, you know, Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People. I knew it all like uh, on an intellectual level. And so I was just agreeing with him. I said, yeah, I know that. Like, totally. Sure. And he got annoyed with me and he grabbed my arm like really tight because he, he wanted to jolt me and get me to move. You know, I think that's what great people do. Like they get you to move. And he said, look, kid, like, you know it, but you don't understand it at all. Your results suck. Like they're awful. <laughs> you know, like take a look at your results. And he said, it must be frustrating coming from such a place of lack your whole life. And I said, it is, you know, like you're right. And he said, it's time for more. Like you, you, your soul saying it's time for more. Like, what are you waiting for? And I think he just created this urgency in me where I, he got me to make a decision, you know, and I think that's where most people fall short. They won't make a decision and just move. And I got into his like a year long coaching that it really took me from studying the material and like reading, gathering the information to really studying myself on a much deeper level and my behaviors and my habits and how to change those and actually how to change a paradigm. Like how the heck do you do that? And that year changed my life. And, you know, over the next two years, I started teaching on stage with him. We forged the most incredible friendship. It was mostly terrifying for me because I was so young and he was having me do all these really uncomfortable things. But I have so many great stories with him, especially when I was younger, that he just he just he took an affinity to me. And I don't know why, but I, I just it was a special moment in time. And he just believed in me. And I think that's all some people need is someone else to see them bigger than they see themselves. So they eventually step into that. And that's what I did. And and now here we are. I mean, I, I went and did some other entrepreneurial ventures for like 10 years and I actually came back here to work closer with Bob and one of my partners, Arash, who would be a great interview for you too. And I've been working with them since about April, 2018. It's been wonderful. I think it's so important. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important what you said too, is that it's it's who you surround yourself with. Because oftentimes we can read all those books, we can, you know, take it all in, but without the correct circle of influence around us to hold us accountable, to feed off each other and that energy, it's useless. And so I, I think that's where a lot of people sit is they get so overindulgent with uh, taking in all the content, but they don't use it. They don't put it into their daily lives because I, I just think it's a matter of being around other like-minded people that share in that same vision. Would you say that's true? Oh, 100%. I, I think everybody gets tired of me saying this because I say it all the time, but I say environment is your destiny, yes. you know, and you know, it, it really is true. Like Jim Rohn used to always say your network is going to equal your net worth. And um, it's not the grades you make, it's the hands you shake. I could give all these quotes mm -hmm. Jim Rohn used to say, because he was my second favorite to Bob. It's totally true. Like you got to be around the right people. I, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be the mm -hmm. richest person in the room. That's why I love working with some of the people. I'm ahead of some of them. Some are ahead of me. Like we just have the most beautiful culture of people that are it's like iron sharpening iron all the time and they have such a strong personal philosophy or personal standard for their life they don't allow you to slip you know we all slip like we get complacent we drift at times but being around people who won't let you do that you know it, it rarely happens and that's the road to greatness is, is being around people like that I couldn't agree more. And actually, there's a quote that you mentioned in a previous, I think it's one of the unstoppable YouTube videos that you just posted earlier this week, which was, there is a fear in becoming great because it takes a lot of responsibility. I'm, par I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But when I heard that, it was just, it gave me goosebumps because I believe that's where a lot of people don't step into their power and shift into a whole new reality because it is going to take a lot of responsibility to be in an in a energy like that. 
Yeah, it's true. You know, I think most people are raised to settle mm. and to be comfortable, you know, and being comfortable is a dangerous, dangerous place because it almost feels good. That, that goes back to being around the right people. You know, you have to be around the right people who eventually they level you up and then you become the edger and the person who levels others up. You know, mm -hmm. I've never met somebody who's at the top of the ladder that doesn't want to reach down and go help other people. Like the more successful people get, the more they want to help other people. Like it's, at least in my experience and the more successful I've become, like I, I look at it the way Bob did. Like I just want to share this with as many people as possible, like the money and all that, the lifestyle, all that comes when you mm -hmm. take the focus off that and you put the focus on helping other people and growing yourself and getting better. Like if you put your focus on those two things and serve, like it'll all take care of itself. Amen. I love it. So let's start with that. Let's start sharing just for those that aren't quite aware of what a paradigm is. You know, a lot of us in this space do, but for, for many of those that are watching or listening, just kind of give us just, you know, explanation on what a paradigm is and yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, paradigm is nothing but a multitude of habits that are locked away in our subconscious. But here's the thing. They have exclusive control over our behaviors, our habits, our relationship with money, our perceptions, and 96 to 98% of our results, our perceptions and our behaviors are controlled through our subconscious or our paradigm. So that means two to 4% are really conscious. So that means we're, most people are going throughout their day doing things on an unconscious level. If you think about it, like when you woke up this morning, when I woke up this morning, we have a habit. We probably both woke up at the same exact time we normally wake up and we did the same exact thing. It's just it's, it controls our entire lives. So there's really only two ways that I've been taught and that I've seen to change a paradigm. One is through an emotional impact. Typically, that's something negative that gets you to move. You know, mm -hmm. Bob would always give an example, like 9-11 was an emotional impact for people that were involved in that. Like that changed their life immediately right there. Um, a divorce, a death, like those are, those are things that can give an emotion. Him grabbing my arm at the airport, like I talked about, that was an emotional impact. And I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like I thought it was so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my God. But I, he knew what the heck he was doing. But mo most paradigms are changed the way that they are created, which is through repetition and environment. And when you get in the right environment and you get, I call it specialized direction and from like a higher level of awareness, someone who has maybe the desired behavior or paradigm that you want, and it's normal for them. And then it becomes normal for you. They give you direction and you do this repetitiously. And then all of a sudden you start to create these new automatic behaviors, these new automatic habits, these new paradigms that make the old ones no longer serve you or, or obsolete. I couldn't agree more with the repetition, but I have a question on this one. You know, when people can get into that high vibe frequency and begin to almost magically attract a situation, a person, a place, an opportunity, whatever that looks like, they're attracting from that state. So was it the repetition that created that ability to do so? Or was it that they were just in that vibrational alignment and frequency in order to be able to be open to receive what their intended desire was? I think it could be either, you know, I think okay. people do it. I think a lot of people create success, but they're, you know, unconscious competence. So they don't know how they did it. So if they lose it, they don't know how to get back there. And I think sometimes we're in flow and we're just not aware of why we're in flow. We just are. Maybe we are listening to one of our favorite songs and it gets us into flow and on the right vibration. And I mean, that's something I do every day. I listen to my favorite music and I do what we call auto suggestion, which uh, Hill talks about in Thinking Go Rich. I say my goal with emotion over and over like it is already done. And that is how I dump it into my subconscious. So I think it could be both. In my experience, when you have a 
truly ingrained paradigm that says like, like use like a basic one, like money doesn't grow on trees or money doesn't, you know, buy you, you know, happiness and money's the root of all evil things we've been told as children that are nonsense, you know, but we believe that for 30, 40, 50 years, it may take time to get the scarcity out of our heart and really understand that money is just energy and money is spiritual and money is just a byproduct of who we grow into and the value we bring to the marketplace. So I think the repetition is key, but you can learn to get into the, the flow and get on, make a decision to get on the frequency of your desire. It's just a matter of staying on that frequency. A lot of people will fall off. And I always say, you got to get on the frequency frequently and then it becomes mm-hmm. automatic. Right. And I, I believe, I mean, vibrational frequency is everything, right? Because if you're going to be vibing into a space of gratitude, joy, peace, abundance, enlightenment, I mean, that to me is just constant. I mean, you're happy all the time. And I understand things come at us every day, but I believe it's our choice to show up and decide what frequency we want to be in. And, you know, of course, a lot of people are roaming around in grief, despair, fear. Fear is a big one, I think, of almost everybody, which is a low vibe frequency. So what advice would you give someone who wants to pivot from a low vibe frequency to a high vibe frequency so they can, you know, start bringing in their desire and they're not going to be attracting anything that's lower than that? Well, I'll disagree with you on the fear. Um, Well, not necessarily disagree, but (laughs) people let it control them. So it is a low vibration, but I have a great relationship with fear. Like fear is, you know, Mike Tyson says that fear is my friend. And, you know, like the more you realize that there's difference between fear and doubt, like fear is feedback or resistance typically of something we need to do. Like I would assume the first time you ever did a podcast, you were probably nervous, you know, <laughs> but, but your soul was saying like, I need to do this. Cause on the other side of this is something great. You know, like it's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to make me more of the person I ultimately want to be. So for me, like I have a great relationship with fear and insecurities. Like I love when I find an insecurity, I'm like, Oh, I need to attack this right away. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow this insecurity to control me, but I think you're right on the other end of it, as far as fear, because most people let it control them. And most people let their insecurities control them. And then they become anxious. Anxiety turns into depression. And it's just a, it's a winning, losing formula. So I'm not sure if I got totally off topic there, but I know I love I, it. I personally think like faith is the highest form of attitude. You know, fear and faith, it requires to believe in something we can't see. We all heard that. Bob used to always say faith is the, the ability to see the invisible, believe in the incredible, to receive what the masses think is impossible. And when you operate from a place of faith all the time, you know, that's easier said than done. But when you're attacking your fear and your insecurities, you, you're, you start leaning towards the faith and it becomes almost automatic that I'm just living in faith now. That's when all these beautiful things begin to unfold for you. It's, it's pretty incredible. It is. It's where the magic happens totally. when you lean, when you lean into the fear. So I love that you said that because it is true. Yeah. If you, if you, if you allow it to, to teach you something, to go through it, I mean, that's the only way you're going to grow is when you face the fear. And I know that's very difficult for a lot of people, but repetition again, right? Showing yeah, up, totally, doing it over totally. and over again. I, I tell my kids that all the time. I say, when, when we're scared, but we want to do something, what do we do? And they say, we do it anyway. So I'm bringing <laughs> that into their mind all the time. They'll get their opportunities to do it. Sometimes they back out and they're like, I'm too scared. And I'm like, oh, well, the universe just gave you an opportunity to live who you say you want to live as, you know, and now you're not doing it. But it's the same for us as adults. You know, the more we lean into the insecurities, the fear, my God, like that's how we grow. And that's how we become the best version of ourselves. That's the only way. How have you been able to navigate that? Was it just getting started? 
I know, I mean, it sounds so simple, right? But was it just doing it once and then it became almost a healthy addiction? That's probably the worst sure. word to use, but you know. <laughs> no, it's like a healthy obsession. Like yeah, I think people right. have a bad, bad uh, relationship with the word obsessed. Like I think obsessed is good if it's, if it's healthy. Here's what I think. It goes back to what you said earlier, being around the right people. I was forced to do things I did not want to do. Like I remember like when Bob brought me in to start working with him, I was 26 and he's like, oh, the secret had just come out. And he said, hey, I'm going to be in Scottsdale next week. I'm teaching the science of getting rich. And we have a thousand people that have paid tickets to be at it. The Scottsdale Doubletree over there in mm-hmm. Old Town Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're going to host the entire event for three days. And you're going to teach chapter, I think it was 14. I was like, excuse me? you know." <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're going to do it. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and, but this was like, I knew it was the universe saying, do you really want to be this person? And do you, or don't you, how serious are you? And, but I had no choice. I was like, what was my other choice? No, tell Bob, no. So um, for the next week I studied science getting rich. Like I had never studied it before, especially the chapter I had to teach. And I remember going when I, right before I went up on stage, cause I was the first person to go up there and I had to introduce him. And so right before we're in the back of the room, they have like a big intro, you know, for the seminars and, and I'm standing there with him like sweating and, <laughs> Like, cause I was making it about me though. Like I learned that later in uh, life too. Like it wasn't, it's not about me. Like we're there to give them, give to them. But he leans over to me and tugs my jacket and he goes right before they announced my name to come up like seconds. He said, DP. And I said, yeah, he goes, do not screw this up. And I said, <laughs> oh God. No so, pressure. Yeah. And then they said, DP, it's come up. And I was like, oh God. And, but I was forced to do it. And I don't even remember. I probably bombed. I mean, it was like, whatever, but, but that was like the beginning of, really leaning into fears going, okay, well, I'm forcing myself into environments with people that are going to give me these opportunities and push me to do this because they want to see me be great. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's what I do now, you know, for others that we work with. So first it was being forced and now it's, I I just welcome it. No kidding. That's, that's amazing. But yeah, you just got to get going. You just got to throw yourself into it and just, it's going to take a life of its own and you're going to learn tremendously from that. Becoming unstoppable is to me, I was, I've been watching a lot of the content online that you shared with me. So thank you for that, by the way, do you believe it's something that anybody can achieve? And I, the reason I'm asking going somewhere with this this question is, can you become the best version of yourself? Can you really step into a whole new reality and create a new paradigm? If you still are surrounded by family members, spouses, significant others that may not be on that same journey. I see this question come up a lot in mentor groups and masterminds where, you know, somebody is just obsessed with, you know, the growth process and really leveling up in their life yet husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or mom or dad, or, you know, something in that close family unit is not on the same path as them. Can someone still achieve that or do you start making tough decisions at that point if they don't want to join and follow suit? First of all, I think you can do it in, a, in an environment that is maybe not you know, a perfect situation. You know, but here's the thing. People don't, they don't resist changing. They resist being changed. So you know, like I just say you lead by example. Like I lead by example with my kids. I lead by example with it in everything I do. I'm always on purpose with what I'm doing. Like I'm not thinking about anything else right now now, but you and me and us giving value and helping whoever, hopefully one person hears this and it's something like one idea changes them after hearing this. But I think it's, it's not as easy, but I believe that it's, it is your duty to get better and become the best version of yourself. And 
go for whatever it is that you want to go for in life. You're neglecting your kids. You're neglecting Mm -hmm. your husband. You're neglecting anybody in your life. If you don't go for it and become the best version of you, like that is just fact. And if they don't want to come along with you, that's okay. But like the chips are going to fall where they may, you know, and if that means you level to a certain point and they don't come with you and you guys break up or, you know, family members don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. You know, uh, Bob used to always say with family members, you just don't go as often and you don't stay as long you know, <laughs> as you're, as you're going through this growth process, because, you know, growth is it's hard at the beginning and then it's messy and then it's amazing. And then people start to see it like you becoming this great version of yourself and it almost like makes them not feel good. And I, I think it's giving them an opportunity to come along with you. That's how it should be. You know, like a husband and wife should be growing together all the time because they, if they don't grow together, they will grow apart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you should never envy or resent somebody for wanting to be better. Like you should, like anytime I see someone post something about a big win or something, I'm like, good for them. Like, yeah. I want to, I want to, re- like, if I judge them, then I'm judging myself or I'm repelling that success that I want to attract to me. So I'm always, always excited to see people who are going to the next level on the next, because there's always another level. There's no finish line, but I just love seeing that. So I'm cheering them on. And anybody in my life knows, like I have a, a strong personal standard that I will not lower to anybody. Like they have to come up to mine and I've got to go up to others that are ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just how it is. And that probably makes me difficult or hard to deal with sometimes, but like, I got, I got things to do. Like we got one life to live, so we got to go for it. So good. And on that note, we are going to take a pause because this is going to be a part two series and we're going to come back and DP is going to give us some actionable steps that we can all take in order to create a new paradigm, to create, step into the life of our dreams. It's possible for every single one of you. And so we're going to come back in just a moment. But before we go, I just wanted to give a quick Instagram on you. People can connect with you outside of here at DP Gates on Instagram. That's DP Gates. And then your Facebook, is that just a private group? Can anybody join yeah, a private group anybody can join it's just my my website's dpgates.com it'll take you directly there okay dp well we will be right back with another part two episode with dp gates dp thank you so much my pleasure make it a beautiful weekend